Wait, wait, okay. I have to show you guys this because this popped up today. Have you guys ever seen this meme? I'll test out my share screen. Have you ever seen this meme? Wait, <coughs> I feel meme. like this is. <laughs> we'll just replace that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing to the show this week. <laughs> We're in for it today, man. Okay. I have a margarita too. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, good. <laughs> Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher in socialism and ellipse and writing teacher, Jessica. Uh, we are online at what-s-left.webno.com. Uh, you can find that link to our blog uh, in the episode notes. Uh, you can find also our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and Kenny's at ZepDKE and Jessica's Twitter handle at jhomey89. And we'll have those uh, in the description box below. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. <clears throat> right, so it, we will do this uh, very special episode, a break from what we normally do, which is very intense discussions on politics, on weekly uh, current events, and sometimes inviting guests that delve us into very long, very long and very pessimistic uh, rabbit holes, like Alison. <laughs> yeah, and Kenny was supposed to be here today, but he is just being overworked and needed a break to th this week. So it's just going to be the three of us. Right. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. And we we will um, give a shout out to Kenny at, um, just to make sure he feels that we're still, he's still in our minds and present with us. Uh, one other thing I was going to mention, though, I obviously, before we get into our main topic, which is astrology, I, I'm here finally in San Francisco, right, for a short period of time, and I'll be back in Mexico for uh, another time, and I'm not going to uh, take up too much time to discuss that, but I did mention in the last episode that I had a few um, folks that I will be sharing their stories with, and also uh, anyone who is interested in donating to their uh, journey up north because they're Venezuelans who are going up and crossing um, and immigrating up north. Uh, they'll be crossing very many uh, borders. Uh, I will link description in the, in, the, in the episode notes. I will just put a quick uh, link and to uh, my channel that I didn't want to start, but I'm starting and I have to post things today. So I will uh, put that all in the episode notes for people to to look at if anyone is interested in that. Okay, here we are. Jess, we're doing, a, we're having a conversation with you about astrology, which I'm very glad we're having because it's like a break from everything and it gives me a chance to sort of sit back and just be curious what um, you have to say about us and our birth charts. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I can't remember when this first came up in a conversation. I think it was over the phone or maybe it was after an episode where I don't know how it came up, but I was really surprised to know that not just that you were into astrology, but you practiced astrology that you could give presentations and teach about astrology. Like you were deep in it, you know, and, and it was real. I don't know why it was so surprising. I think it has to do with my 
presumption of you being again don't be I hope you're not offended but like when I see your logical <laughs> you know like I think of you as like logical science mind that kind of thing not the shitty science that is being done in the west but you know real science you know real analytical kind of thing I, that's how I see so I, I I was like and I did I wasn't like oh what, what are you crazy or something like that but I was surprised and it then since I trust you so much and frankly my own I have kind of a negative feeling about astrology it has more to do with stuff in my past relationship than anything but um but since I trust you I was like there must be something more there you know like as like everything else now there's always something more than what you were told when you were young kind of thing or even older so it's now I'm excited to hear you tell me about astrology not the bullshit of horoscopes and newspapers but the real deal Yay, I'm excited. <laughs> do you want me to just say a little bit about like how I came to it? Yeah, or? it would be really great if you could just start and, off with. And to tell us, I mean, I think what astrology is, because I just I just think of it as like a Gemini, you know, these Capricorns with dates. And I, I don't know where this, and I know it has to do with stars somewhere, you know, but what the heck's going on there? Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many like definitions of astrology and I don't have, I don't have a good like cookie cutter elevator speech. I should probably come up with one, but I mean, I guess at base to me, astrology is just having a relationship to the planets and the sky, or let's just say the sky. Um, I mean, there's so many different traditions and approaches and practices and lots of history um and I mean just in terms of my own background like I mean you're making me sound like an an expert or something Andy like I don't I don't think anyone could ever like really even claim that because there's just so much but yeah I I mean I I don't there wasn't like a moment for me where I was like oh my god I just discovered astrology like I kind of knew about star signs and stuff growing up and horoscopes. And I, like, I knew I was a Leo and I kind of associated, like heard the traits that were associated with that and kind of to some extent identified with that, um, or at least parts of it. Um, but then I guess in the last about five or so years, I started really kind of studying it more seriously. And so reading books and just learning more about it. Um, and then just fell in love with it and it became kind of like a hobby it became something where friend like I, I love birth charts that's one aspect of it that I, I just absolutely love looking at people's birth charts and just kind of um yeah approaching it with that like text you know English English majory English teacher me um and just kind of analyzing it and seeing how people make meaning out of it um, and so then like friends started to ask me like, oh, can you do a birth chart reading for me? And it just kind of became a part of my life that was growing like less and less casual, I guess. And then this year was the first year, like I just this summer, I'm holding my first like official um, astrology workshops at the local art center here in Lagrin, which is pretty cool that they're letting me, <laughs> letting me do that. Um, and it's really cool to do it like in the context of an art studio it's like an art museum but they hold classes and stuff um and then I do some birth chart readings here and there so as like a professional astrologer I feel like I am just like putting on my like kindergartner like baby shoes but 
Yeah, it, I don't know. Um, and I guess I should also just say when I'm talking about astrology and like that when we look at the birth charts today. So I mainly study Western astrology. There's different practices um, which can sort of vaguely be grouped into like Eastern and Western, um, or some people say like um, Vedic uh, and Western. Um, so there are lots of different approaches in terms of like what the zodiac even is, what planets count as planets, um, just how you're tracking everything, the house system, blah, 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 like all this stuff. There's so many different approaches. I feel like also part of why I love astrology and why I actually don't like, I don't, I guess there is, there's sort of like the whatever left, right side of the brain. Right. Um, and it's funny that you view me as analytical and like sciencey Andy, because I feel like most, most of my life people is, have seen me as very right brained. Yeah. Like very creative. I like write poetry and, um, but anyway, but I feel like astrology is super cool because it is both science and math and physics. Like it's very, uh, there's a lot of like calculation and there's a lot of like material reality that goes into it. I mean, it's literally tracking like angles, degrees. Um, I mean, astronomy, obviously it's bound up in that. Um, and traditionally, like if you go back and kind of look at the history of astrology, it was considered part of the sciences. Um, it was, you know, alongside like philosophy, which now, um, you know, is kind of seen more of like the humanities on the other side. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of math. There's a lot of physics. There's a lot of, um, that yeah. Kind of like left brain stuff that goes into it, but then it's also, especially the way that I approach it, it's also a, an art. I think like reading a birth chart is very much, uh, an artistic practice. I think it's a creative practice. It's a, it's to me, like, it's about storytelling. It's about like how, you know, I mean, in some ways, everything, like every, every way that humans make meaning is sort of bound up in this idea of like creating stories, interpreting stories, right? Like what are the stories that you tell yourself about your day, about your life, about your relationships? What are the stories that you tell yourself about yourself or other people tell about yourself? Or what are the stories that like, you kind of bury maybe because they're too dark or confusing or triggering or traumatic. Um, so for me, I actually think like, I obviously I teach English. I'm a writer. Um, I look kind of live in a world of, of stories. And so it's, I see it as like part of that um, practice and it's just sort of another way in. Obviously there's also a sort of spirituality element to it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's like a little bit of kind of how I think about it. I know we're going to do birth charts, um, but can I ask a few questions that, that came up in my mind? You're talking number one for, I'm going to call myself an, a horse or a, a, what's that called? Astrology normie who only knows astronomy. Like when the, from the, from the newspaper or looking online and you look to see what your horoscope was on the day. Yeah. First like what's going to happen this month? Right, <laughs> right, or, or, yes. Right. And also day to day you could, you, in the newspaper, you see each day you can get your horoscope that day and blah, blah, blah. So number one, what's, what is, from what you've learned, what is probably one of the biggest misconceptions that a normie like me has about astrology? And then number two, 
what was the most surprising thing you found in your own investigation of astrology? Like, cause you went a deep, you, you were a, a believer or feeling like there was something really meaningful here. And then you did a deep dive. I'm wondering what kind of things surprised you and were the most meaningful that you uncovered in your study. Okay. Um, okay. Let me take the first question first. I think probably the biggest normie misconception, and there, there's probably astrologers, there's definitely astrologers that would disagree with this, but um, I don't know any, and I definitely don't approach this way. But I think from my perspective, the biggest misconception is that astrology and even horoscopes are not compatible with the idea of free will and agency and people changing and the uncertainty of the future. Um, I. I mean, part, part of that is where I'm at with my skill set. Um, at least right now, I don't really like, there's some people who are like what we might call like predictive astrologers. Like that's something that they do. They write horoscopes. Sometimes I listen to horoscopes. I think they're interesting. Um, and there's a, there's a science and an art to that as well. And I don't think it's all bullshit. Um, for me, like, I don't think that's my strength, at least not right now. For me, my strength is more in line of like character analysis, thinking about human psychology, human relationships, um, and how a birth chart or just studying astrology in general can kind of be, um, it can be a, a tool for actually opening up more freedom in your life and more like becoming more conscious of the choices that you have, um, like both material and immaterial. Um, so yeah, I think like that there's a, there's a conception from some people like, oh, astrology is just like purely like, you know, you're, you're going to die young or you should buy a lottery ticket at this time on this day. Um, and that it's, it's all like, everything is destined. You're just going through the motions of living out your life and you have no control. I actually, in my practice, I feel like it's the opposite. Um, I feel like it actually expands my understanding of free will and my connection to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I, I was just going to say that that's what I, I was, I was told or, or I don't know where I, like exactly I learned it from, but <clears throat> people go to astrologers to find that predictive part of their life, to figure out what to do, to prevent something, some ill will thing or something or how to better their life, or how to conquer certain thing, and that's how I I have originally imagined it. But then you, you're saying what I've also recently started to hear, which is there's like a more character analysis to who you are as a person to deepen and to find your strengths and weaknesses in your birth chart or whatever they they read in you. Right? I think that that's more recent for me, but always has been most predictive in my understanding of astrology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thinking about your second question too, Andy. What's surprised me? I feel like so many things. I mean, what this is sort of, I guess, more like a stock answer, but it is true. Like, I feel like the more I learn, this probably applies to everything, but it's so intense with astrology. Like, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> um, and it's just amazing, like how many hours you can spend studying. Um, and just the realization of how much you have no 
idea about. And I feel like I could study this stuff for my entire life. And I would just know like, like this much. It's just, it's so humbling, but in the best way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I want you to continue to answer that, but to me, what that says is it's a serious discipline. Like Mm -hmm. that's how it is when you take on something that, that is almost feels like infinite, that, you know, you, you can only, you're just making a little bit of headway in the time of your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that any particular thing that you learned across the way that kind of really surprised you? Um, there's a lot of stuff. I'm having trouble narrowing it down, but maybe one thing um, from more of like the, uh, I guess like teacher perspective, now that I'm kind of starting to inhabit that role is just what a, what an effect something like a birth chart reading or a workshop can have on people um, like that, seeing that as like an offering. Uh, and I mean, who knows, like you never know what maybe people walk away and they're just like, God, that was awful. <laughs> that was a waste of money. But I don't know. I mean, you, you see people kind of come alive and, and sometimes it starts out and, and this was true for me. Like it starts, like usually most people, the first birth chart they encounter is their own. Right. And so it, some, some of it comes from like, a, like, Oh, like, tell me, tell me about me. Right. Like it's kind of a narcissistic entry point for a lot of people like myself included. Um, but I do think like a really good birth chart reading and I've had the experience of both like giving one and receiving lots of really amazing readings. Um, you just walk away, like feeling so empowered, like not in, I hate that word. Why have liberals ruined that word? Um, but (laughs) you just, you walk away, like feeling so hopeful and so, um, just like in charge of your life, but also kind of trusting in the universe and in your own ability to just kind of navigate. Um, and that's awesome. But I think also with that comes like with that offering comes so much responsibility. Um, and it is like, especially in mainstream culture, cause astrology's become, especially in recent years, like, you know, it's part of the pop culture. It's like a, a whole sort of, you know, there's a whole world of like Instagram memes and everything. Right. Um, and it's fun and it's gimmicky. Um, and it brings people together and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but there's also something like really intimate about somebody giving me. And I mean, you guys have done this, like, it's like, what a privilege for somebody to give you their birth data or to share their, their birth chart with you with the expectation that like, I'm trusting you to like interpret this, not like for me, of course, like anything I say, like, you know, I'm just another person. Like, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anything like, you know, I just said, I I know this much. Um, so I'm very careful with what I, I try to be really careful with what I say. And, you know, I, I would never, I, I don't even really do like the predictive thing, like I said, but I know, you know, if somebody were to say in a birth chart reading, like, Oh, like, you know, your children are going to die or like, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, all sorts of things. Right. I mean, that's an extreme example, but people are really listening. Like they're really listening in this type of a context. And so I think it's, it's a huge, like, just honor and responsibility to get to inhabit that role. So, yeah, I guess that's something that's, I don't know if it surprised me, but it's like, it's a very interesting and uh, intense experience. 
Did you have something I, I can ask? You should ask, Edward. I'm, that's one of the questions I would ask before we do our birth chart, which is now making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to know if you thought that astrology is, well, could, how, how astrology is compatible or you think it's like with other sort of alternative therapies like or alternative ways of healing or alternative holistic approaches to the whole body and mind and spirit like you know there's yoga there's there's also tell readings there's I, I, this is all in the realm of getting to know oneself which i think is the ultimate goal of ourselves right to to know oneself to be able to become a better human and um and so how is it a complement to other things other therapies other ways of 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 these alternative um philosophies totally can you guys hear the rager music coming from my neighbor? <laughs> he just pulled up. I don't know how he can drive and not go deaf. Hopefully it'll stop in a second. Um, I think it's totally compatible. And I even know like there's astrologers who will practice like both Eastern and Western astrology. So, I mean, that's not like a, it's not like yoga or something like totally, you know, totally different healing practice. Like you said, Eduardo, but even that, like, you know, I think a lot of it is framed as like, oh, it's like Eastern versus Western. Like these are different and yeah, there's fundamental differences, but it doesn't mean that they're not compatible. And there's people who like literally integrate them and apply them in such interesting ways. And yeah, I mean, I, I totally like, yeah, it's funny you said yoga. Cause that's something I'm doing a lot of right now. I'm about to go on this, um, teacher training intensive program. Um, and I, I am constantly thinking like, about the relationship between those two and how they could um almost like support each other or um like I feel like I bring my astrology knowledge and practice to my yoga mat and vice versa um same thing with like any practice of reflection or therapy or healing um I mean it's all about what how you choose to apply it you know I mean you could you could look at astrology is like purely a spiritual practice or purely a science or whatever. Um, so it's not that it necessarily like has to flow with other stuff, but I do think that that's one of the cool things about it is like, it, I, I mean, I, I'm hard pushed to think of something that it's just like not compatible with. Um, I don't know, I guess institutional religion maybe but even that not really like it's just about energy um and self-reflection and and thinking about your orientation to other people and to the world so i feel like you can apply it to anything i'm reading a, a book right now actually about um well it's about astrology but it's specifically about jupiter and saturn um, in the context of teaching adolescents and like how um, like young kids learn. Um, and it's like super cool because it's, I mean, I, I don't teach that age, but it's just, you know, you, I would never think of that. Like, oh, like let's look at like the Jupiter and Saturn transits because Jupiter is kind of like expansion energy and then Saturn is kind of like restriction, right? And you think about um, kids in a classroom and especially really young kids, right? It's like, 
all of this, like, oh my God, the world, like hopefully, right. If they're being supported. Um, but then, you know, as you age, there's obviously things in your life or points in your life. And especially in a classroom context, right. Where it's like, you have to set boundaries, you have to, um, set limitations. And sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes it's helpful. Um, so it's just one example of like applying it to just a very like kind of everyday, um, thing. Justin, would you then say, just to give sort of like a brief summary of a story, like it has to do, as you said, with celestial planets, bodies, stars, everything, and its influence on humans, on nature, and uh, I don't know, fill in, fill in what else it might Yeah, and, and nature's influence on us, for sure. I mean, uh -huh. I would, the one of the, like, the best examples, I mean, first of all, like, if people think it's just, like, poppycock and it's not helpful for them and they're not interested in it, that's fine. Like, I always think it's funny when astrologers are, like, really triggered by that um, because it's, like, if it, it's there for you, like, if you, if it's helpful, if it's generative, amazing if it's not like whatever it's not for you right um but i do think like the tides right is a great example of sort of our material relationship to the moon right i mean i know there's just some assumptions we got a lot of conspiracy theorists <laughs> in space here who maybe have different um opinions on the moon and earth and that type of thing but um yeah i mean you can't deny that the tide right or even just the cycle of like day to night, right? The sun rising and the sun going down, that that doesn't influence our lives, right? That that doesn't affect us on even just a, like a physical level, right? Um, I mean, another good one, right, is um, also with the moon, right, is women's menstrual cycles. Like what's going on with that? Like you can't say we're not connected to the planets, right? And these energies like that we don't have a relationship there um, both in terms of, um, outward influence and then being influenced, right. Um, that so many women, like if they're not, if they're on their natural cycles that they sync up with the moon, right. Like that's crazy. Um, well, it's not, it's not crazy. Right. But it's sort of a testament to this idea that like we we're not separate from nature. Um, so you don't have to believe in astrology specifically, but yes, it is absolutely about like our relationship to the stars, our relationship to the sky. Can, can I just say a few things that have come to my mind, even right, even in the time you've talked, because I don't know if I'm just delaying to, so you don't get to the birth chart, but it also you is anything, Andy, it's, it's pre-recorded. I know. <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not about recording. It's, I, it's something else I can probably tell you. I mean, but, um, so far already my mind, I feel like the way, what, what came to my mind as you were talking is I, cause you did talk about where it feet, like you talked about some of the fields that kind of come into play with astrology astrology and it felt like it was some sort of intersection of astronomy and psychology kind of the big expansive universe kind of coming in on a, on a like in on a single person but also connection between between those two that's that's the vision i had of of science fields being melded here to make astrology and the other thing that came to mind as i as i in, in terms of even people's skepticism of something like a birth chart reading and I thought of people doing 23 and me, you know, or that whole thing where people are collecting their genetic data to find out what they, that's all that is, is them saying, we're going to use your DNA to place you somewhere with, to tell you something about your, 
yourself in terms of your genes and things like that, where do you fit fit on the spectrum of hum, of human of the human species? I personally think there's not a lot that come of that, but that's what that is. And and it's so interesting that the world of the fourth industrial revolution is a 23 and me world, you know, trying to do that, like trying to like take everything and lock it in into this. We're going to measure it. We're going to tell you the number and that number is going to tell you the thing. Whereas the sounds like the process you're describing is really like, it's a, it's a saying like, where do, where, what is my place in the universe and what, cause it's me and the unit is the universe and I'm part of it and I'm in it, but the universe is out there and it influences me. This thing seems to be, have a very different relationship to the question of where am I, who am I, and what am I? It does invite a lot more, if you will. You could say it's speculation or creativity, but it offers a lot more space for mo- motion within it versus for all the talk of like, oh, here's your future. I just think of this 23andMe stuff, and they're like, well, that's your future. You know, like that's what they're trying to get to. So it, it just made me think about those things. I have already harvested both your data, so like, <laughs> we'll be selling it to third parties. For <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, it's it's so flexible. Like I can say, okay, you were born in 29 degrees of cancer, but like what you do with that information, that's kind of up to you. Or if you're giving it to 23 and me, it becomes up to them. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, yeah, that kind of brings up like the, dark side of it like there's a potential there you know to Mm -hmm. negatively impact people for sure like if and that's why like I brought up like the whole trust thing of like it is it is a very big deal to share this type of thing with somebody or some you know corporate entity like there's a lot of apps right um just like with every everything um, astrology is no exception. Like there's all these apps now where you can plug in your information and it will tell you, and I'm sure like a lot of those interpretations are, are great and really helpful and true for people. Um, but there's also a dark side to that kind of, uh, like corporate capture of it. Um, even if to some of us, like, it just seems like zeros and ones, right? Like, Oh, it doesn't matter. No, it's, it's a value to people who <laughs> who know what to do with it. I was going to, well, ask you, by the way, you're, uh, because I was going to ask you about each one of us just to, so I can ask another question, follow up, um, about our astrological science, by the and your birthday was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hi. Jess. Thanks. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday from what's left and from the audience to Jess. <laughs> I hope you had a good birthday yesterday. I did. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so you are, um, because I, I guess what I wanted to ask is, so if you're, you're Leo and, and, I, and then I'm, what am I? Am I? You're I'm, a cancer, but you're like... But, so close to the cusp. Okay. And then and then there is Andy who is because I guess what I'm trying to what is Andy's before I cancer. Cancers, well that's right. Okay. You're, yeah, you're both true. you're both cancers. So if if we are so let's so we're each we have our horoscope, then does each I guess what I'm trying to figure out is if you can answer this question, which is if we if we have a certain horoscope, does that mean that we fall in 
perfectly into the kind of characteristics that we, because I think that's what the 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 the, the understanding is that we kind of share the same characteristics, right? I'm supposed to share the same characteristics with Andy, and you're supposed to share the characteristics with my friend Amanda, who is also a Leo. And is that how it works? So if 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 I if I look at someone and I just ask them, this is what usually happens. And this is why I'd like to know more details about this birth chart because I feel people categorize people so easily into these boxes and we're supposed to be these horoscopes and these traits immediately. And it almost seems reductive, but the birth chart is more detailed. It gives us more details of what we don't know about ourselves and how different we are even within like Andy and I are different from each other. Yeah. I don't I, I I don't see that way of thinking when most people talk about astrology. They sort of just box people in. What do you, totally. what's your response to that? Yeah. And I think this will be better illustrated by looking at the birth charts, but I'll just say two things about that, which relates back to like Andy's earlier question about horoscopes. Yeah, like if you're looking at you know, some, um, you know, Cosmo magazines, like three sentence horoscope, like that's what they're going off of, right? They're going off of, oh, you're a Leo. Okay. Here you go, Leo. Here's your horoscope. Right. And so if you're just looking at, okay, there's 12 Zodiac signs, cancer, Leo, and 10 others. Um, your personality should be the same as Andy's, right? You're the same person, right? With that extremely reductive, like overly simplistic um, framework. Um, and so that also kind of brings up the East-West thing. So we're almost talking in code without realizing that we are, right? Like when people ask uh, in Western culture, like, oh, what's your sign? What they're asking is what's your sun sign? So they're asking what zodiac sign um, was the sun in when you were born? Um, so yeah, there's 12 categories, right? Um, but there's other planets, right? There's other factors, there's houses, there's um, all these other things that go into it. And even just like, even for people who don't have any knowledge of like those systems, right? Like if you just think about it, I mean, nobody else was born in the exact instant, in the exact place, right? Like in time and in space where you were, you know, even twins, right? Like there's a, they're born at different times, technically, right? Um, one comes and then the other one comes. It might be very close together. Um, so when you're looking at something like a birth chart or just studying astrology in general, like you, you can go, I mean, if you have the information, you can go as precise as you want to and as you have the skills to do right so we can look at it like on such a such a granular level um like literally to the exact coordinates right so like there's other people that have your birthday i'm sure eduardo apparently kylie jenner has my birthday right but we were born in different places um so there's there's so much that goes into it right and that's why like when i am pulling your birth chart i have to know not only your birthday but i have to know exactly where you were born and what time. Um, and we'll look at, because with Andy, like we don't actually have an exact birth time. I can show you like just the matter of like an hour or two, his chart will look different. I mean, there's still, there's still a lot that we can ascertain, um, that would stay the same, but it changes, right? Like even from just 1am versus 2am. 
Oh, and then the Eastern Western thing. Um, I just bring that up because one of the sort of basic differences between um, Eastern or Vedic astrological um, modes of study versus Western is that Western is mostly focused um, around the sun, right? And the earth's relationship to the sun. That's why like we default to like, what's your, what's your sign? We mean your sun sign. We're not asking like, oh, where was Pluto or where was the moon? Um, it's all very um, kind of egocentric, like to earth and the sun. Whereas um, Eastern traditions tend to be much more lunar based. So um, when they, when you look at like your Chinese zodiac sign, um, it's more based on the moon. It doesn't mean that there's not other factors, but that's a very basic kind of distinction. Um, and just in terms of sort of the interpretation of those two, call them like luminaries, right? Because the moon lights up the night sky and the sun lights up the daytime sky. Um, like just on a very basic level, the sun typically tends to represent kind of like your yourself, your your ego, um, your self-expression. And then the moon is more your emotional life. So it's interesting to kind of think about that distinction um, just in light of like Western culture and kind of cultural differences and how you base a society around certain values, right? And I'm not saying that like, oh, Eastern cultures are like, all they care about is emotions and all we care about is our ego. Not at all. But I do think there's like, there's some fundamental differences there. Eastern astrology also just goes way, way, way further back. Um, Western astrology is basically um, ancient Greece. I mean, they drew a lot on um, the Egyptians, but it's really, you know, we're talking like 4,500 BC, um, which was a long time ago, but um, Eastern traditions go back way, way, way further. And you would say that all cultures sort of kind of um, have had some form of astrology, whether the Mayans and the Europeans and the Africans and the Asians. And... I think so. And if you look, like if you look at ancient texts, like of any kind, any culture, um, with a like an eye for astrology, you'll find it. Um, I mean, everything, like, right, the Bible, I mean, right, they're following a night, they're following the brightest star in the sky, right? Like, literally, the wise men were astrologers. Um, and almost, like, almost every religious text, like, you can find elements of studying the sky. Um, the Greeks were really, so, like, the Egyptians kind of looked at, like, they looked at the sky, and they started, you know, making up sort of myths um, in terms of, like, a sky god, and then it kind of split and became, um, or it was actually a goddess, it was actually female, um, and then it kind of split into two, day goddess and night goddess, and then it was the Greeks that kind of took the Egyptians' work, um, and they started thinking about the sky as sort of like this, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, and there's many gods, poly, polytheism, polytheistic, um, vision of the sky and they started creating these myths around like different planets and different rulers and all of it um so yeah it was a little bit of an overly simplistic explanation but <laughs> a little bit so i guess we should get into the birth charts okay let's do it so Let just, just remember that every like everything i say like i'm again i'm just a person um 
it's your like pick it or not and um yeah and I'm like I said I'm not gonna like I would never say like oh like this is gonna happen to you or whatever that's just not really my style but um yeah I've got them let's pull them up it was really cool actually to, to look I don't think I've ever looked at because I looked at yours and also Kenny's kind of like back to back today um and I like I've looked at people's parts in relationship to each other like like in a romantic relationship context family you know like parent child or siblings friendships and stuff but it was just like kind of interesting like with our little what's left family and yeah there were totally like patterns and you all have like these really strong cancer placements which I thought was so interesting <laughs> anyway okay who wants to go first Andy <laughs> We should go with Andy. All right, let's do it. I want to what, know about, am I supposed to do anything, or am I just supposed to listen? No. Well, I mean, I don't want to just talk at you guys, but I'll like, I'll say some stuff and then just okay. jump in. Okay, so I'm gonna share my screen. I want to know all of Andy's secrets. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> How can we control him? Honestly, it's I'm more <laughs> actually I'm it's it's more worrisome. Uh, Jessica, to not, it's not about you saying like, oh, you're going to only live to your 73. It, mm -hmm. it is more the fact that I know you, but I don't know you that well. I, I am, it's almost like, ooh, I, I'm feeling a little exposed, you know, and it's because I know you now. And that that's a little like scary or something like that. So I don't it's know. It's actually my favorite, my favorite like context to do birth chart readings. Um, which I don't get to do very often this particular like context is where I kind of know the person, but I don't, it's not like somebody that I like grew up with or I've yeah. known like decades or I spend every day with. And I feel like, like, I know you guys, but I, I know you through the internet and in this yeah. one very specific context or workers and students for choice. Right. Um, so like, I, I know you like a little bit, but I feel like I don't have, like, I don't know your, you know, your deepest traumas or secrets or whatever. So it's actually kind of a cool. Yeah. Is for Just saying. Um, and one thing I'll say, so this is Andy's chart. The hell is well, that? it's more or less Andy's chart. Um, I'll say something about the birth, the birth time in a minute. Um, what I really wish I could remember what astrologer or who <laughs> said this to me, but it really stuck with me. They said, um, your birth chart includes the entire sky. So what we're looking at when we're looking at a chart is a snapshot of the sky, in this case, at the instant Andy was born. Okay, so if you think of the horizon line as this, you know, east-west axis right here, right? Like if you were looking out, well, in some cases with a very, very powerful telescope, but if you were looking out at the instant of Andy's birth from the place he was born, this would be everything above the horizon. All of this you wouldn't be able to see from your positioning. Um, and so I just love that, that idea that like, okay, yes, we have all these planets and asteroids and things, and they're in certain positions. And that's a lot of what analyzing a birth chart is about, but the whole sky is included. Like even these places where there's no planets, this energy is still available to you, to everyone, right? Like all the houses, all the zodiac signs, all the planets, it's all there it's all contained so there's no to me there's no like 
oh, like you're boxed in here because your mm-hmm. Mars is in this sign and this house. Like it's all available, right? If you're mad, there's a way out. If you're sad, like there's a, there's a, there's a polar opposite energy, right? Um, which I find very freeing. Now, okay, so Andy gave me, and just check, I've got this right, Brooklyn State Hospital, right? New York-ish. It was a, it was a hospital in Brooklyn. I can't, we don't, I don't think I know the name, unfortunately. And as long as we've got the, I mean, this is, again, we could go like into the degrees of the degrees of the degrees. We're not going to do that yeah. level today, but as long as you have like the correct city. Yeah. And the time is, I, I know I was born early in the morning. If someone was forcing me to guess, I actually think it was like 1245 AM, something like okay. that. But I remember it was somewhere between three and 12. That's, that's the thing I, that I would know. 12, 12, 12 midnight to 3 AM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if I were doing like a proper full blown birth chart reading, um, we would probably try to do something called a birth chart rectification. Um, and there's so many different approaches to doing this, but it's basically like when you don't have an exact birth time or some people, some astrologers will actually do it for everyone because they don't want to just trust whatever the hospital wrote down or whatever the person's mom remembers or whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of risk with that. I have my own opinions about rectification, but if like, and this would be, um, actually it would be very helpful to know a window like that. Like it cuts down on the amount of work that an astrologer would have to do to do a rectification, knowing like, okay, we don't know your exact birth time, but we do have like a three hour window. So if we were doing a real birth chart reading, um, or a more like a, a more full one, what I would do probably is have Andy give me some important dates from his life, like really concrete, like big moves, like, oh, I, I there's this big move or I got married or whatever. Um, and I would pull a few different charts, like maybe a 12, a one, a two, and a three. And we would we would pull, we would look at the various sort of major transits, meaning like movements of the planets, um, and see if we could kind of match things up. Um, this is one approach to a rectification. But I'll just show you. So right now, this is 3 a.m. This is set at 3 a.m. Um, so if I, okay, yeah, I'm on hours. So if I go back, this is 2 a.m. And if you kind of, especially in this um, bottom quadrant here, if you kind of watch, since there's a lot of planets down there. Now we're at 1 a.m. Now we're at 12. Mm. So pretty different. It, I mean, visually, it's very different. I mean, just they, they obviously moved, right? Um, a lot of it stays the same, okay? Because for the majority of the planets, they're not going to change from one zodiac sign to the next um, within the hour. Like some of them take literally years <laughs> to move, you know, in a full rotation. Um, and it's, you know, you can think of it, um, I mean, the sun, right, is about 365 day revolution, right? And then as you think, further out and further out, like all the way to Pluto, um, you know, Pluto takes, I don't know how long to go around, but a long, a long ass time. Um, so there's like what we've referred to as like outer planets and then the inner, what are sometimes called them personal planets. So, um, some of them are faster moving and it's the faster moving ones that we kind of have to worry about when we have uncertainty, uh, with the, with the timing. Um, so the moon, for instance, is going to change zodiac signs about every two and a half days, give or take. So that one, if it, if this were to be a day, 
where the moon changed signs, which is about one out of every three days, give or take. Um, we would have to watch that. Um, the other thing that it changes is these numbers on the inside are um, the house placements. Now, the house placements, you really need to know the precise, like within an hour or so, you need to know the precise um, placement. So you can see, like, if we go at 12 a.m., um, 1 a.m., what house each planet is in is going to change across the board. So I think for this conversation, we're just not even going to talk about the houses because we just don't, we don't know. We don't want time to do a full rectification. The other major thing that changes is what's called the ascendant. So the ascendant is always the first house. It's always, it's basically like the constellation that's sort of coming up in the sky oh. as you're born. Um, so you'll hear it referred to as an ascendant or a rising sign. Someone's like, like I'm a Leo rising. Um, and so that will change. So we have three options for Andy. We have um, Aries, if he was born closer to 12. We have Taurus, if he was born closer to one. And then Gemini, actually two or 3 p.m. Um, so there's, you know, things that we could consider in terms of um, guessing that um, because the ascendant kind of tends to be what you outwardly express. So for some people, it's like their physical appearance. It might be how they look or tattoos or scars. It might be the undertone of their skin. It can be a very like material thing or um, it can also just be kind of like how they hold themselves, like stuff like Gemini's talk with their hands a lot. Um, but it's, it's tricky, right? Like it's, it's not, there's no black and white there. Um, so um, where I think maybe we could start and we can do this for both of you. Um, so there's something people you'll hear referred to as the big three. And the big three is your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. Um, and I, I think in sort of normie, culture like they're they're overemphasized just like the sun sign is overemphasized like that's all people talk about right if they're not really studying this stuff um so you end up with a very reductive like Eduardo said a very reductive interpretation um of someone's personality that said I think sun sign moon sign and ascendant are often placed like a really a really good place to start especially if you haven't studied astrology um so I mean, the first thing that I noticed about Andy's chart is that you have a ton of stuff in Cancer over here. Um, so I knew that your sun sign was in Cancer because I knew your birthday. Um, but you have what we would call stellium. Um, so it means that there's three or more planets in either one zodiac sign or one house. Um, and in your case, you've actually got four. And three of them are personal planets. So you have your sun is in Cancer, your moon is in Cancer, your Mars is in Cancer, and your Jupiter is in Cancer. <laughs> That's a lot of Cancer energy. Um, now that some doesn't sound good, actually. It sounds very dangerous. <laughs> no, it, it, no, I'm kidding. A, I'm kidding. There's a great quote by um, Ibn Arabi. I think that's how you say the name. Um, who was like a Sufi mystic astrologer, um, and he said the chart is perfect. Like everybody's chart is perfect. Like it has everything you need 
to live your life however you want to live it, right? All the possibilities, all the growth that needs to happen. So I, it, there's, there's certainly like things where people are like, oh God, like he's a Scorpio, must be a serial killer, right? Or like, oh my gosh, I have all these squares, which like, squares represent tension, right? Um, but I think that's a very reductive way to look at things. Um, so cancer and I, I, yeah, let me say something about cancer and then maybe I'll kind of pause and let you guys jump in. But um, cancer, I want to emphasize because like I said, there was huge ca- like cancer placements in all three, including Kenny's chart. Um, Andy has, I think the most, but Eduardo also has key cancer placements. And I believe Kenny's moon is in cancer, assuming his birth time that he gave me is correct. Um, and can- so cancer is, um, it's the sign of home. It's the sign of the mother. Um, it's so every sign has in Western astrology, they say masculine, feminine, uh, in Eastern it's yin yang, um, might surprise people because I know I'm always banging on about biological sex, but I actually prefer the yin yang term because I think masculine, feminine, um, it's just so like heavily gendered in terms of like male, female in our culture. Um, so when, when I say something's a yin or a feminine energy, which cancer is a feminine energy, um, I don't mean it in the sense that like it's girly or like, um, weak or anything, you know, all of us, right. All of us have just even within a day, let alone our lives, right. Like we have moments where we are more, um, acting more in terms of output, um, and then more receptive, um, or like sensitive moments, right. Um, everybody has both of those energies within them, right. And they're both useful and necessary. Um, so cancer, yeah, cancer is the sign of the mother. I, the cliche, right. Is like, oh, cancers are so emotional. They cry all the time. Um, I actually think of cancer as a really, really strong energy. It's like mama bear energy, right? Um, the sign for cancer is the crab. And the crab, right, has like a really hard exterior and a really soft interior. Um, so it's kind of like the, you know, if you think of like the 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 um archetype of the mother, and again, like not not in the sense that it has to be female, but just thinking of that archetype, right? Like it's it's soft, it's caring, it's sensitive, but it's also incredibly protective, right? Like out in nature, you don't want to cross <laughs> any species as mother, right? Um so yeah, it's the sign, it's a sign of home, like home in all senses, like the physical home environment, but also the the broader idea of home. Um it's a water sign. Um, so there's the different elements, right? There's water, air, fire, and earth in the Western tradition. Um, water signs tend to be associated with um emotions, feelings. They tend to be associated with really keen intuition. Um, what else? Um, spirituality to some degree, kind of fluidity, creativity, like art. Um, and there's multiple signs, um, multiple water signs, not just cancer, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I this didn't. I mean, it is a lot of cancer, but it didn't, it didn't surprise me. But what's kind of crazy about Andy's chart is 
there's not just cancer here. You actually have these, what we call trines. So it's interesting to, th to think about, you know, each planet being in this sign. The sun is in cancer. Mercury is in Leo. Pluto is in Virgo. Um, that can tell you a lot. But where I think the chart really starts to come alive is when you start looking at the relationship of one planet to another, just positionally. Um, so for instance, Andy's sun and his moon are what we call a conjunction. They're, in, they're conjunct. Um, so they're one degree apart. So they're almost on top of each other. Like if you were looking out, they're like just from an angular perspective, they're almost on top of each other. So that tends to signify like a sort of merging of energies. Um, what Andy's got too is these crazy water trines. So a trine um, obviously sounds like triangle, right? And that's these blue lines that you're looking at um, forming a triangle. So we're just looking at angles. So it's obviously 360 degrees around here. So there's different relationships depending on the angle. And the trine is sort of the most easy, like fluid exchange of all of the different, um, what we call aspects or angles. Um, and so Andy's got, he's got the, all these cancer planets here, right? Which is a water sign. Trining Saturn, and this is actually an asteroid Chiron, in Pisces, which is another water sign, trining um, Neptune and the South Node <laughs> in another water sign, which is Scorpio. So you have all three and you just have water like flowing <laughs> all through here. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool, uh, I don't think I've ever seen, not, I mean, obviously I've never seen a chart quite like this because everybody uses different. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of water and it's like all different types of water, Pisces, Scorpio and cancer, which is pretty cool. You want me to pause and see? Yeah. Can I tell you some things that were coming up as you were speaking? Yeah, please. Um, well, first off, most of the things that came up as you spoke about the yin yang male, female, um, were, <laughs> I think back to our discussion about transgender when we had a difference of opinion where I was like, no, there's been a freeing for me out of, as a result of these men who are changing sex to women and women. Like for me, I kept on talking about how I was boxed, I felt boxed in. And um, I've, I've, I'll, I've, for much of my life, I was not conscious of it, but I, my understanding is feeling very boxed in by a gender role, like much of my life, gender role of a man, you know? And my father, you know, wanted me to play baseball, wants me to be tough, don't cry, you know, blah, 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 you know, that, that kind of stuff. Not just my dad, but male culture growing up in, in the Midwest. That was one thing. Um, the other thing that made me think about is, honestly, if I, I mean, I don't believe, I mean, if I was going to say I had a superpower, it might be empathy, like the ability to kind of um, just kind of from a little piece of information into it. What, what might go deeper. To, and I think it's helped me as a teacher. And I think it's helped form the relationships that led to me officiating a wedding of a student, you know, like that. And, and most of my counseling work, like the, I've been counseling for 16 and counseling for 16 years has really been about opening me up to emotion that have been like, I've always thought of as concrete over, over that for myself, but it's all been about like jackhammering that stuff to allow emotions to emerge. So I could Read them because that, that 
my complete detachment growing up has only been able to be dealt with by breaking up that that layer that was over over me that didn't allow me access to emotions and all the work I've done to do that has only made me more at peace it's not I used to be afraid of emotions and now I'm like I'm not at all you know like um and and the last thing that you said when it when you talked about the and Eduardo you're gonna have to make a decision of whether we include this I will I'm fine with including it but you'll I know you're related to it too is a big moment in my teaching life when when that was significant for my personal development was a moment when when uh, Eduardo's not sister but cousin um was going to be taken from the school and you know and she was there was a kind of an assault that she was under and I was very close to her and I inserted myself in a way I've never inserted myself as a protector at that moment um she was fine with that um and that moment was a very transformative experience for me like when I when I stepped in and said I'm I'm going to protect this person from these things that, that are happening to them and she's not I'm not related to her but I I care about her so much that I it would I would I can't imagine not take not acting at this moment and doing something to help her and to help her get through this this thing she's going through and that I I know it was main, meaningful for her but it was an extremely meaningful moment for me to 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 go to that place and to get there and to be the you know when you describe the the mother with the hard shell kind of thing. Like it was, a. I think people would think of that as a very motherly response right then. Even though I think I had a kind of male energy, what people describe as a male energy when I was like, no, we're not going to do this. Da, da, da. We're not going to just let her be kicked out of this or taken out of the school. She's been working. People were trying to help her, but you know, I was just really concerned about how she was just being yanked. Um, and I wanted her to be able to keep connection to the, to the things that were still important to her, including myself. So. Um, those are some of the things I think about as you were, as you were talking. Yeah. Hearing that anecdote, like I'm especially thinking about your Mars placement here, which doesn't change again. Like um, your Mars is in cancer, no matter what time um, you were born. And so Mars is the planet. I mean, it's ruled by Aries, the God of war. Right. Um, so it can often represent kind of like how people fight like how they battle and I think like what you just said right like this is like protector energy um and then the other thing I was thinking about and this really reflects like my experiences with you even though I haven't known you that long um your moon and your sun like I mentioned are conjunct so they're they're almost right on top of each other um and so when that happens we know that that um is on or in this case like really close to because it's one degree apart um really close to a new moon so you were born close to a new moon which oftentimes kind of symbolizes like initiating energy um and doing this reading right like it would be very different talking to you when you were 25 versus now it's not to say that like Oh, because you're because you have a Mars and Cancer, like you're automatically going to be a protector of the people that you love, or you're automatically going to be emotional or whatever. But I think that there's this sense that like 
that role is there for you. Like if you want to inhabit it, you are so capable of that. Right. Uh, And sometimes it takes years to grow into these things. Um, Maybe sometimes it never happens. Some people look at astrology as like extending beyond one lifetime. Like if you believe in past lives or reincarnation, things like that. Um, But one thing like just in terms of yes, like protector energy, um, and also like initiation, like you are, you are the initiator, like in our, just in our little what's left family, right? Like, like you're, you're the mom, like you keep everybody together, right? You're like, guys, we need a title. We need a thumbnail. Okay. What time are we meeting? Like we would like, we would be a mess, right? Or on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and workers for students for choice, right? Like you're like, let's start this, like, let's initiate this. Right. Um, and I think that's, it's very reflective of like, even just the short stuff that you just shared. You also have, um, Mercury. I want to mention down here. So this is not in a water sign. This is in Leo. Um, uh, so Mercury is the planet of communication ideas, uh, exchange, sometimes technology to an extent. Um, and so your Mercury is in Leo, which that when I saw that, I was like, yep. Um, <laughs> like you speak from the heart. Leo is the heart. It's like the backbone. Um, there's body parts that are associated with each sign. There's symbols and colors and everything. right? <laughs> um, but body parts is an, is an interesting, there's actually a whole field of astrology, medical astrology, where they study the body. Um, but yeah, it's like Leo, Leo's the heart. Um, so communication from the heart. Interesting. Like the red shows us that Mercury was in retrograde. So maybe you guys have heard of this because it's become a big thing in like pop culture. Like, Oh my God, my phone broke. Mercury is retrograde. (laughs) It's not like a super uncommon thing. It happens several times a year. Um, but it's this almost like trick of the eye phenomenon where from our perspective for a time, it looks like and it's not really happening as an optical illusion, but it looks like Mercury is actually moving backwards. So if you think of like driving on the freeway, right? If you're going faster than the car next to you, it looks like the car is same thing in terms of the mechanics of it. Um, so you were born during a Mercury retrograde. So again, like, I don't know, it's probably like 20%. I don't know. My, I'm so, so bad at the math and sometimes the physics as well, but um, astrology has actually helped me a little bit with that stuff. But um yeah, so you were you were born during Mercury retrograde, which can sometimes kind of like Mercury retrograde is often associated with breakdowns in communication, like things not working, appointments being missed, your car breaking down, your phone dropping your phone, stuff like that. Um, so it often gets kind of a bad rap, and it can be like okay, there's like an inhibition or a challenge or a block in terms of communication that you have had to learn. <laughs> Andy, like, and I, I mean, I think of you as like a really amazing communicator, like in your, you know, your, your teaching and then the podcast and, and just in general, but, um, worth noting, um, and, and Mercury retro, any, when any planet's retrograde, like it's often more, more productively than being like, oh, communication's breaking down. Like it's a, it's supposed to be a time to kind of be more introspective, reflect, um, kind of go inward maybe maybe do creative things and leo is like the biggest create like that's the sign of creativity um self-expression so i think it's kind of interesting um that your mercury is in retrograde uh i'd be really curious like what house it's actually in um 
but yeah, we won't get into that. Is there any reason why in this astrology chart you can find reasons why he is so stubborn? <laughs> well, I mean, ever, all of us on this show, I feel like are so. Yes, but yeah. Oh, but, when okay. I went, <laughs> when I when I went to um. On, on what's left, Andy shared his experience in hospital. He was, you know, he had to be there for some time. And I think I shared the experience where I was with him. And I said to him, Andy, um, Brandy and I were there with him. And we were trying to give him something to drink. And he said, no. And then we said, drink this. This is very important. He said, no. And he was on drugs. So he was a little bit, what were they? I forget what they gave you, but you were, I, and and I remember just saying, Andy, and and I went over to Brandon. I said, I can't believe he's not drinking this. Uh, and so we'll just make him some tea or something. And so he got tea and then he said, pouring lots of sugar in it. And I said, Andy, hold on with the sugar. And he said, he looked at me and Brandon and said, I can tell both of you are trying to make me do something I don't want to do. <laughs> something along those lines. And I thought, what? And I looked over at Brandy, and Brandy can give you the details later, Randy. And Brandy looked at me and said, what is he? He thinks we're plotting something against him. <laughs> but anyhow, you were so stubborn even in that moment. So maybe I'm, if you, if, if, if there's anything around there that we can find why Andy is so stubborn. Well, I just want to say one thing about, well, this is just an example, like, one thing you should not do, in my opinion, is to uh -huh. use your chart as an excuse for bad decisions or treating people badly or embodying like negative traits. And I'm not saying that because like, oh, you shouldn't be stubborn or whatever. But one like one of the things that I think is so cool about just the I mean, it's just embodied like in the circle like there's all these axes. Right. So every sign has an op opposite sign and a sort of opposite energy. Um, and I, I always think of like, okay, if you just think of your best quality or one of your best qualities right now. So like for me, like I'm very strong-willed and very determined. And mom always said that about me growing up, right? Like that's like a really positive thing. Like I don't give up. Um, well flip it, right. What's my worst quality when my worst qualities is that I'm stubborn, right. And very hard-headed at times. So, and I think that's often the case where like the negative traits about ourselves are also, they're just kind of flipped manifestations of our best qualities. And so that's not to say like, you know, you should just use that as an excuse to keep being that way. But I think it's, it's helpful from like a human psychology point of view. Um, and it's like, well, we can look for where Andy's stubborn in this chart and yeah, hell yeah, we can find it. Right. But we can also look at this chart and find like ways out of that right like or more um like healthier or even just like more appropriate for whatever moment you're in now right um I do think like it can often be really helpful helping us to I guess just laugh at ourselves like it like that sounds like a moment where it's like like <laughs> he's he knows we're trying to control him and he's not having it right um <laughs> And I think it can be, it can be fun in that way, you know, like, oh my God, like the Leo wanting to be the center of attention again, right? Or like <laughs> the cancer, like being overly emotional, like they're stereotypes to some extent, um, but they can also be ways to kind of laugh at ourselves and 
but then ultimately to try to try to sort of flip it. Um, okay, I'm looking at the time. We should move on, but just a couple other things. I'll go ahead, Andy. Well, what is you said that there's a lot of water. What, mm-hmm. what does that mean, though? Like that, if there's a lot of water, like are there implications for that? Or are there tendencies within that? Yeah, I mean, there's associations with each element, and I think I I kind of say water's more associated with emotion, intuition, empathy. Okay. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, because you have a lot of water, oh, you're going to be an emotional person. But I think, like, I mean, even just based on the little anecdote that you shared a few minutes ago, right? Like this idea of like, oh, actually, sort of learning to connect to your emotions and learning to express them despite cultural barriers or how you were brought up or whatever, right, was actually really freeing for you. Um, And that like, yeah, that's there in the chart, right? And like the way that you fight, right? Like, again, back to your Mars um, in Cancer, like, you're not like signing up for the front lines, you're not hitting people, right? I mean, maybe that, maybe there was a time in your life where you were like that, I don't know, right? But like, they're really like, it's not a coincidence, right? That like, that was that was a moment that you just brought up, right? Where it's like, no, you fought for the people you love, like in the way that was going to protect them, right? To the best of your ability. Um, Jupiter. So I have this placement too in my chart, not in the same, not in the same um, house, but I have Jupiter in Cancer too. And Jupiter, Jupiter is the planet of expansion. Um, So you can think about like, well, what does it mean like to expand the idea of home right or to expand uh emotional depth right like to connect to learn to learn to trust your intuition right in the way that like a mother's inherent intuition right is the greatest wisdom right it's like the the purest form of of wisdom um the other thing i have to bring this up because you've got Pluto, okay, and Uranus. So these are outer planets. They're much slower moving. Um, so your Pluto's in Virgo. I think Kenny and Eduardo and I probably all have the same zodiac sign in terms of our Pluto p- placement because that's how slow it moves. It's like a generational quality. Um, so it's not, I, I wouldn't, I don't attribute a whole lot of significance to the zodiac sign for those outer planets. Um, in terms of like personality, those outer planets to me are more interesting in thinking about like the collective, right? Like right now, um, like the Pluto transits, um, thinking about how, so Pluto's like power, uh, darkness, like the underworld. Um, so right now in our society with the way Pluto is transiting, it's like the way that we understand power as a collective is changing. Um, so that's kind of how I would study the zodiac signs. But you have another conjunction here. So 16 degrees, 16 degrees, literally a tight conjunction right here with Uranus and Pluto. Um, and Uranus is quick changing, insight, epiphany, revolution, um, change, innovation. And you have this right on top of Pluto. So sign of the underworld, sign of death, sign of power sexuality, all of that. Like this to me, that's like revolution energy. Right? <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Marxist revolutionaries got, got that conjunction. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
And then the other thing I just wanted to mention, I mean, there's so much more we could go on forever, but um, your Saturn up here, the Saturn, Saturn kind of gets a bad rap because it's, it's restriction, it's limitation. It can sometimes be associated with um, like longstanding institutions, tradition, um, time also, grandfather time is one of the sort of archetypes associated with Saturn. Um, and then you have, this is an asteroid, which I don't, I wouldn't always talk about an asteroid with like, I don't know, in like the first astrology <laughs> reading with someone, but it's on here. Um, and your Saturn and your, so it's called Chiron and Chiron is the wounded healer. So it often tends to represent kind of our, like our deepest wounds are um, like where we've really been hurt maybe in a past life, if you believe in that stuff, maybe in childhood. Um, yeah, it's like sensitivity. And in a water sign, it's like even th that much more kind of sensitive. Um, so I, this stuck out to me because that's like, I don't know, like, that's like hard. That's like, I don't know, you've been through some shit. <laughs> like, that's, that that's intense. Like, that is, you know, difficulty. And I think, you know, there's one way to look at a chart and be like, Ooh, that's scary. Wounded healer. And then like grandfather time planet of restriction and reality check. Um, but it's also like, wow, what have you had to overcome in your life? Um, and then Pisces water sign, Pisces is kind of, um, connected. can you say that just the asteroids normally mean something negative? No, no, just, um, so this particular asteroid, it's called Chiron, um, who is known as the wounded healer. So just in the sense that it can represent deep wounds um, and it being right here, um, only a few degrees away from Saturn, which is the planet of restriction. Just those two energies kind of, like I said, when they're that close together, it's kind of like the energies um, kind of meld, right? Um, and so when you have, difficulty right um which like i mean everybody should have difficulty in their life right um but it's just kind of an interesting um aspect that i noticed here but again the water's flowing <laughs> through this triangle here which is pretty cool yeah I'll, I'll say one story and then i'll tell you my thoughts really almost as, as much about you in this presentation jess um that that story there's a there's some a lot of things that i think in my past that i think were painful but it does remind me of something that's come up in, in, in when i moved when we when my dad was transferred from new york to ohio and he moved from new york to cincinnati um uh you know I, and i don't even remember this but my later friends told me that i would get beat up by my neighborhood mates like because i, I spoke with a new york accent and i was in the midwest and you know, I was just different. And, and so, um, I know that and I, eventually I did, like, I started, I actually clocked a kid, you know, in response to that. And like, then they stopped doing it, but there was also a period. And I think it was during that time when I was running around kissing everyone and I would run away from them <laughs> because like, I, I, I know it upset them, but at the same time, that's what I wanted to do. I was going to like, and it wasn't girls, it was mostly boys. And I'd kiss them when they weren't looking and then I'd run away because they'd get so mad at me. Um, you know, I, I, I think of that as me attempting to try to like change the game, you know, get water flowing, if you will, you know, in my own neighborhood. Um, uh, and 
And then, you know, things kind of cemented over, I think, a lot during that, in that time in the Midwest. Um, so that's the one thing I think about is, as I see all this stuff. The other thing, Jess, is it's just amazing to hear you explain this stuff. Like, you're an amazing teacher. And it's just, it's amazing for me to hear you talk. You're talking about all the stuff you know, and I hear the same you that I always get to hear. There's not a difference. It's not like I'm, you're some expert now who's giving a presentation and a talk, which as a person in science, that, that's what I would see people do when they gave their presentation. They didn't sound the same as themselves in real life, um, which I thought always thought was like, why? Why would we not sound the same as we talk about our the stuff we know as we do in our regular life? And it's, it's actually just beautiful to see you do this like in this way and with such a, a knowledge and such flexibility and a kind of a holding things open in a space, but, but at, and at the same time, trying to be precise, but you just sounding like you. So I really want to say, I really respect that. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. And running around kissing kids is like, we didn't talk about your Venus, but your Venus is in Gemini, uh, which is very like flirty, social <laughs> energy. Brand, Brandy's a Libra, right? Yes. Yeah. So sometimes too, like obviously Venus is planet of love. Um, all types of love, not just romantic love, but oftentimes we, you know, think of it in terms of romance. And yeah, I think it's, it can sometimes represent kind of like what we look for in a partner. So I think it's interesting. Um, Gemini is an air sign and Libra is also an air sign. So it's interesting that your, your Venus um, <laughs> is in an air sign. Yeah. And that, Ma like that Mars is big too, like clocking people. Like Mars is, so Aries, Mars is ruled by Aries, which Aries is the, the first, sign in the zodiac um and so it can often be kind of connected to like early early childhood um the idea of like the first breath like literally the first breath that you take as a human but then also like yeah there's like childhood experiences which are so formative even if they're sort of silly and like raw right it's like you're just like pure um adrenaline or emotion or insecurity sometimes right uh, and it's like the little glyph here right it's like the circle it's like that's you that's your whole self and then the arrow is like what do you do with it <laughs> like let's go, right and when you're a kid it's like let's hit someone let's kiss someone and piss them off or whatever right and then over time like you've you've learned to channel it right and then it's like let me help this <laughs> kid right who's about to get kicked out of our school let me step in and, and protect in the way that I can right um so that's cool <laughs> so we got well, thank you. let's do it while I wanted to just ask one question about this um when you say water flowing everywhere what does that mean you said you said that so it's just well, it's a harmonious, um, like positioning the trine. Um, so it's a, it's a good thing. You know, it means that like your sun and your moon and everything you talked about there, um, like the energy, you can kind of think of it as like the planets are having conversations. Right. And sometimes those conversations are like, let's hug and meld right here's your like one degree right or like these guys on top of each other or these guys really on top of each other um sometimes it's like let's um in an opposition so that's what like this little sign here 
when you're 180 degrees, right? Then it's like, okay, we're having a conversation, but we're in different places. Um, a square is tension, right? So it can be like argument, frustration, um, difficulty. Um, sextile is like supremely harmonious, but in a way that's less easy, kind of requires more action. The time is like very, it's very flowing. Like even without the water element, you add the water element to it and it is like, it's just so fluid. So it, it's a good, it's a good thing. It can be a good thing, right? It means like your Saturn planet of limitation and, and restriction and time and reality, you know, can be easily connected to or in conversation with your sun and your moon, your emotional life. And then over here, your Neptune, right? Which is kind of your, I don't know, it could be your art or your spiritual practice or your drug and alcohol use or whatever, right? Um, it can also like, I've heard astrologers say, and I, I, I found this to be kind of true that like, sometimes if somebody has like a lot of trines and like nothing else, which is not true for Andy's chart, like you see there's, there's red, right? Like there's tension. Um, but it can almost be like too easy. Um, like Trump is so funny. I was looking at Donald Trump's, uh, we used him as like one of just like an example birth chart. Um, let me pull it up actually because I have it just for a second this dude like there's opposition there's basically like no tension at all in his chart like you just you just have like <laughs> times right and it's like okay this is an extreme example right but like this is a dude who's never had to overcome anything like he's had whatever he wants got all the money you can just Right. I, I mean, I like obviously as a person behind like the public persona. Um, but I just bring it up to say, like, I, I don't think any placement or any transit or aspect or whatever is like inherently like good or bad. Like, yes, yeah, trying it's a, it's a harmonious, easy flowing energy, right? Like between planets. So whatever planets it is, right? Like whoever they represent like whatever they represent um it means that there's going to be easier flowing conversation there right what comes of that who knows right um but it's not like it's not inherently good at that is i guess um, all i'm really trying to say and it's funny because like you do have this dominant water energy right like there's a there's a lot of water like you have air you have earth you have one planet in a fire sign um, but even if we just look at the water, like even though there's so much water and it's flowing and everything, like you actually have balance because you've got all three, you've got Scorpio, Pisces and Cancer, which represent different elements, like within that one water element, right? Um, each has their own kind of energy. Um, and to have them kind of flowing like that, like you have a an inherent kind of balance within that realm of emotion and intuition and empathy. Um, like that balance is available to you. Does that make sense? I don't know. Does that answer your it, question? It does. And well, sorry. No, no. It's, it's your chart. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think if I would have heard this thing earlier in my life, when I was more tapped down and cement over me, I'm not sure what I would have made of it, but I, I think, when you said it shows a possible place, it shows what's available to you. I I think I would probably have been too, um, still too oh, separated from my emotions to make sense of that. But there would have been another time that that would have definitely made me cry to hear. 
because that that I feel like it speaks to a kind of hope I've had all my life to to un, to uncover that. Well, good. Our work here is done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good, Eduardo. <laughs> okay, so Eduardo, how you said you talked with your dad? How confident are you in this birth time? I just talked. I was. I don't know if you know. I was just checking with my mom here just to see if where she's. It's a debate between my dad. I do know it's in the evening. Okay, it's between. 6 p.m. and like 8 p.m. around there. So my dad's very confident. I'm going with my dad. My dad said, I got off of work and you weren't born yet. And so I had to wait until 6-ish. 6-ish. 6 ish Yeah. And my mom's like, no, it was around 8. It was around 9. No, I trust my dad because my mom doesn't care about what time you're born. I know her. He was busy giving birth. <laughs> yes, she was tired, and my dad would have nothing to do, so he was just waiting around. But he said he was there, he was present, and he was waiting. And he remembers it was around that time because he was hungry. <laughs> I, I am inclined, just based on what little knowledge I have of you, I am inclined to kind of side with him. Um, and again, like how much objectivity. I want to inhabit is always up for debate, but let's start with your, with your big three, kind of like we did with Andy. So your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So sun is in cancer, uh, same as Andy. Um, and your moon is in Libra. And I don't believe the moon changed signs that day, or at least not within this time period. So your moon is in Libra, air sign Libra. And then if we go with your dad, your rising sign is Sagittarius, fire sign. If we go a little bit later, it moves into Capricorn. Uh, it could be, so I guess we could talk about the cusp because I know you had brought that up before. So you were born in 29 degrees of Cancer. So 12 zodiac signs, 365 degrees in a circle. No, 360 degrees. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 30 degrees per si per zodiac sign. So 29 degrees is right at the end. So I think the sun probably moved like the next day into Leo. Um, and it's a good reminder, like if you just go on whatever, some basics horoscope, or you look up dates on Google, right? It's gonna give you like July 21st or whatever it is until August, right? It's going to give you those dates. Those are stock dates. They're not, if you're on the cusp, like Eduardo is, like you really want to actually go and check because it's not exactly the same time or even in some cases the same day every year that, that it changes, right? Like even something like a leap year can throw it off. So like if, if, Eduardo had been born, say, like, even just, like, a, a few hours later. I mean, let's just see, like, when did the sun actually move into Leo? Maybe, I see, oh, here we go. So, around 8 a.m. the next day um, would have put you in Leo. So, if you were a little closer, right, and you had just, like, checked your date, like, say you had been born, like, 2 a.m. the next morning, you might go your whole life, like, thinking that you were a Leo when really your son is actually at the very, very, very late degree of cancer. So it's just a good reminder. Mm -hmm. um, 
to actually go and, and look at a real, and it's very easy. Like I'm using a kind of fancy software um, here, but like there's plenty of free sites where you can go and look at your actual birth chart, even just to get, um, to just be sure of like your, at least your sun sign. Um, okay, so I'm going back to 6 p.m. Here we go. So um, the cusp is really interesting. There's different theories on kind of how to interpret that, but um, a widely kind of accepted idea is that oftentimes people born on the cusp, like right between two signs, can kind of take on attributes of both. Um, they can kind of feel pulled in multiple directions. Um, and I would like the reason that the, the Sagittarius over here, like the, the fire ascendant sign kind of made me think, because if I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you have some fire to your personality, Eduardo, at least based on um, any, you do, well, we have to talk about your Mars as well. Um, but the ascendant sign is kind of like what you outwardly express. Like I mentioned, it could be like physically or it could just be kind of like the, the interpretation that other people have of you. And I feel like you do, like you have like a fiery kind of like, like you're stylish. You've got, you always got like a scarf or like a hat, <laughs> cool hair. And like, I feel like, I don't know if I had to guess if your ascendant was Sagittarius or Capricorn, just based on my limited knowledge, I'd, without doing like a proper rectification, like I'd probably go with Sagittarius. But I could also kind of be picking up on maybe you're picking up some Leo traits, right? Which I know well, being a, a Leo, um, you also you're so close to the fire sign in terms of your sun sign. Um, so yeah, back to that idea of the cusp and kind of being pulled in multiple directions. So your your actual sun sign is Cancer. So again, the sign of home. And so the first thing I thought of is like, well, you literally are pulled like in literal different directions right like san francisco mexico you're traveling right um france and colombia and right like you literally are being pulled in multiple directions like whether that's internally or geographically and your sun sign being in cancer um that kind of makes sense um and the cusp like the cusp can be also associated like any, any cost, not just between cancer and Leo, but any like 29th degree like this, um, or even like zero, if you were zero degrees into the next one or one degree, um, it can be kind of like a, like a crisis point. I mean, that's a very stock interpretation, but it can be like, yeah, there's, um, maybe a little crisis. It can also be interpreted as kind of like, um, like a fateful sort of placement. Um, if you think about it just in terms of, cycles and and like the the wheel of the zodiac right like you were born 29 degrees of cancer so one cycle or like mini season right is ending another door is sort of about to open um for you for the world right like we're about to enter leo season um so could be kind of pertaining to like your your self-expression because this is your son we're talking about um, so I don't know if that resonates at all, but yeah, it's worth, worth noting that like 29 degrees, right? Like it'd be very different than, um, if you were you know, kind of like in the middle of cancer season. So even within that, like one zodiac sign, like just looking at your sun sign already, like we can see there's, there's nuance to it, you know, looking at Andy's versus Eduardo's. 
I have a question around, um, you said that normally cancers are home folks. Like, does that mean that we're always looking for stability? Is that it? It could be, uh, not necessarily. I mean, sometimes it's like cancer can be associated with like really craving that, like that comfort. Yeah, stability, comfort, um, even just something like superficial, like making your making your physical environment like a really like cozy, loving place, right? Um, but it could also be um, broader, like less material understanding understandings of home. Who are you at home with? Um, and cancer is such an intuitive, like again, with the water, right? Um, and your mercury, planet of communication, right, is also, and the mercury does tend to, to run like pretty close with the sun. So this is not like an uncommon placement, um, but I mean, uh, the distance between these these guys but um, like you, you're you're a very like the way that you apply your intuition to your communications with other people, the way that you exchange ideas, the way that you exchange words with other people, right? Like it's not just that like home is a theme, perhaps in your life, whether that's craving stability or craving um, like a, a home in terms of like your social network right as like a, a an immaterial sort of feeling of home of being at home with people or or in a place in a country or literally like in a room or a house um but I think you also like we've talked about this especially in the past couple episodes of like you have an innate ability I think to like make other people feel at home right like to make other people feel like they're safe with you um and I think like, that's not just your cancer sun sign. Yes. Like the sort of protective mother energy. Right. But also it's, it's communication. Like your mercury here, right. Is, is how you express ideas and express yourself and talk to other people and exchange with them. Um, so yeah, that, I think that stands out to me too. I see. Yeah. I, I've spoken with Andy about our personalities and, and I've talked about, and I not in this form, and I'm trying to find out how, or figure out how like it fits here. Um, I definitely feel Andy and I share this empathetic self toward others, <clears throat> but where I feel he is more, um, he has other strengths. I find it in other ways, but we have, you know, we like. I think goal of us, if really, if you think about anyone who's trying to seek a better world. And trying to make the world a better place, you're going to find yourself in this realm, right? And we all have our differences in how we try. I mean, being an educator or working in the community or um, trying to do something about like relevant topics, not just because we're philosophizing here about politics, but because we all want to do actual things, right, in the world. Uh, I think gives us that, that is the reason why we are the way I think we are because we're trying to care for others. You know, I think there's a sense of us that wants to care for others. Um, now as cancers, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and I'm, I'm thinking, or I'm trying to figure out how, how is it relevant to maybe my nurturing aspect that I always feel like I have to father, brother, or, 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 or be a mentor of some sort. I've always felt that way. It seems like my most of my friends have been 
polar opposites, either really young or really older than or, or older than me. Not so much in my it isn't until recently, but not so much until that 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 are around my generation. I didn't really because I was up, but I knew how to be with people older than me, and I knew how to be with people younger than me. Seeing how that my personality, my form of being, my my zodiac sign, I think you would say, fits into it. Yeah, I mean, Cancer is definitely associated with that idea of like nurturing, not necessarily people younger than you. It could be any age, um, but that also I feel like that brings us to Venus. Um, so you and Andy actually have the same Venus sign. Again, Venus is a personal planet, so it tends to run like fairly close to um, Mercury and the sun. So not super, not a coincidence, right? Because you guys were born within the same zodiac sign. But you guys both have Venus and Gemini. Um, and Gemini, so Gemini is the twin. Like that's the symbol of Gemini is the the twin. And you can even see like with the glyph, right? Like it's like two, two twins, um, two little lines. Um, and in some sense, like, yeah, it is about like, siblings but it's 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 like brothers and sisters in the way that like marxists talk about it right it doesn't have to be like your actual brother or your actual sister um it's about like being able to see yourself like see your twin in another person um and venus being the planet of love again romantic love but also familial love brotherly love self-love right like the many different parts of ourselves um I always think of like um, Whitman, right? Like I am large, I contain multitudes. Do I contradict myself? Very well, I contradict myself, right? Um, so I think that's interesting. Like you're, you clearly have an ability to like see yourself reflected um, and, and to connect, right? Like across age differences or um, nationalities, cultures, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. And Andy too, like being a teacher, because your Venus is in the same um, same zodiac sign, different house. Um, the other thing, so that... Um, Can, Eduardo, you, would you mind if I ask a question about this in relationship to you? You can ask anything, yeah, sure. Okay, and you can decide how to edit it. Sure. Like that. Um, because one of the things that came up for me, and, and I'd like to hear what you think about this, Eduardo, like what I'm going to say, and then and, and then Jessica, like particularly that you talked about that the tension or the the tension the between the Leo and the and the Cancer, mm-hmm. and so there are people I would describe who are as indecisive, uh, you know, kind of adrift almost, and things like that. There's a way sometimes I might have described you, Eduardo, as, as indecisive, but that would never fit for me. But I do dis- I would describe you as torn as if pulled in directions strongly, you know, it's indecisive, it has nothing strong. But I, what I experienced from you, Eduardo, and the challenge sometimes in our conversations, when I talk with you about situations I feel you in, I, I experience it as you being torn between two poles that are, pull, and that are pulling you towards one type of thing that could be good, it could be good, and another thing that could be good, but you are left trapped or stuck being in this kind of tug of war, both internally or externally. And that was something I heard, I thought about, as you said, this thing about cusp, Jessica, 
And Eduardo, I don't know if that, but that's sometimes I, I feel like the challenge in talking to you, I don't mean challenge like, oh, I don't want to talk, but like, is that you, that you describe these things that are in conflict. And I don't actually know how to, can't really give advice because both things are there and both things. So I don't even know, I don't know how to resolve the tug of war sometimes and some of the things we talk about uh, that you have elements in your life and things in your life. Does that, does that make sense, Jessica, what I'm describing? Yeah, but I want to just clarify. Um, there is, there can be that sense, like I said, like being pulled in multiple directions with the cusp. Um, I totally get what you're saying. But I also want to just bring into this conversation Eduardo's moon. Um, because, okay, let's remember in Andy's chart, the sun and the moon were like right on top of each other almost, like merging, right? Here, you actually have a square. So this is, that is tension. Like that is tension, right? So you have your, your kind of um, self-expression, like who you are it can also be your ego, healthy ego, or like ego as we often sort of negatively interpret that word. Um, and then your moon is your emotional life, right? And your, your emotion, your, yeah, your feelings, emotions. Um, and Eduardo's moon is in Libra, which Libra is notorious for being indecisive um, and also people pleasing. Um, mm. So I think there, like there is, there's this like nurturing sun with the Mercury over here. Right. But the sun is actually having this conversation of tension with air sign moon, which is the emotional life, right? Like the need to be liked, the need to um, people please, but also like uncertainty, kind of not knowing. Um, and Lib Libra, I mean, Libra is also I'm, I'm sort of highlighting the negative, <laughs> negative um, aspects of that sign but libra is all about balance it's the scales right um so it's a it's a beautiful sign like people who are like sun sign libra especially is oftentimes they're like they're like diplomats or they're um uh like conflict resolution counselors right or like they're they, they want peace right they want and i often feel like eduardo kind of inhabits this role even on what's left of like um craving like especially emotionally like wanting like harmony and wanting balance and a, and a real like not like a fake superficial piece but like a like a depth of um emotional stability and peace and then I want to let Eduardo jump in here but I also just want to throw out and again we'd have to do like a proper rectification to know for sure about this ascendant sign but if your dad is correct um, Sagittarius rising sign what you kind of express physically how people like see you in the world fire sign Sagittarius represents travel philosophy higher education it's like I feel like you come across like you're so outgoing you speak all these languages you can just like go talk to anyone like Sagittarius so confident it's like it's a, Sagittarius is I can say this because I'm a Leo Sagittarius like Leo confidence but like without the sort of uh, inner, like childlike insecurity, right? Like these people are winners. <laughs> um, but this is like what you, how people see you, right? Not necessarily how you think of yourself. Um, and I just bring that up because with the travel, um, and yeah, like, I don't know, like there's, there's, there, there's, there is tension, like there is tension. Um, the cusp can be being pulled in different directions, but I also want to just mention like, 
the zodiac signs, they're not in like a random order. So each sign kind of responds to the previous sign and like gives us what we need, right? Like we all, maybe we have our favorite seasons right now. I'm like, yeah, Leo season. I love it. Like I love summer. The sun's out, right? But like, like nature, right? Like the winter like is needed after the autumn. Um, the spring is needed after the, um, what comes before spring, winter. <laughs> um, but same, same thing with like, like it's not that Leo and cancer are like oppositional, right? Like it's just that Eduardo was born like right in the doorway between those. Um, but I feel like the sun, the sun and the moon square tension here, like that reflects what you said, Andy. I don't know how, how Eduardo feels. I'm going to get a light, but I'm listening because I'm like, I'm noticing I'm in the dark right now. <laughs> but you guys can keep talking. I yeah, guess. yeah. I mean, I, I'll respond to what Andy's just said. I I do feel torn. I, I, there's a lot in the people-pleasing area, for sure. There's a lot there uh, going on. I feel maybe this is a discussion we'll have later on, you and I, Andy, but I do feel I have a responsibility I have so many responsibilities. Like there's my life to my nephew. There's the life I've given to my friends in Colombia. There's the life I have to offer to my family in Mexico. There's the life I have that my, like this year I was supposed to go to Africa. I didn't go. <laughs> like the life that I told I would be there. I feel bad for like my friend Nicolas, who is obviously wanting, wanted me to spend at least August with him and friends. And I I just was, I decided to stay in Colombia. Now I'm being invited to go spend my holidays in Venezuela for, as gratitude. And I, I have my plans in Mexico to go to, like I have to go there. But I also have my brother here who obviously needs me and wants me to be here and to support him. And he's so happy I'm here. You know, it, it's, and my partner who is obviously happy that I'm here as well. Uh, and who wants me to travel with him to his family to meet their family. But it's challenging. I, I feel so torn here, there, there, here, 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 here. And these aren't just people I just randomly met. These are people I've built relationships with, lived with, stayed with, have helped, supported, whatever, you know. I do feel. One thing that has helped during the pandemic now is that I've shut off friends. Like... Not because I wanted to, but because they left, like, they left me. <laughs> so it's like a community of SF friends that went over there, like an avalanche. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I didn't know we were leaving each other. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, no, I do feel that way. People, people pleasing for sure. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I'm very um, successful or confident in lots of things that I have done. I think that is a perception. I think it comes off sometimes even creído, which is um, egocentric, I think it is. And even as we're talking about my chart, I get a lot of anxiety talking about me. So it's, it's, um, it's something I have to work with. So. I mean, I, I, I know you said that's a perception of people, yeah, not necessarily right. what I feel. Yeah. Exactly. It's like how people view you, or sometimes it's just kind of like how you physically look. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to also just mention Mars down here, which we talked a lot about Andy's Mars. Mm. Um, Mars in home sign of Aries, right? So Aries rules over Mars. This is like a very, uh, Mars loves to be in Aries. Um, this is another fire sign. And this is, this is like, and I know this is true. This is like, Eduardo will slap a bitch, right? Like when they, when he needs to, <laughs> right? This is like the like, Andy, stop interrupting me. <laughs> Let me finish, right? Um, so this is like, serious strength right there. Um, I love that. I love that. Place. Finally, an well, explanation. I mean, finally, <laughs> an explanation. No, wait. Let me explain something. No, I, it's beautiful. You. No, no. Let me say something. I don't. I. I always wonder how people can be so daring. You know, like I don't know how people have the 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 audacity to do something so daring and to almost embarrass someone else. I know Andy doesn't try to embarrass me, but like some people have done things in public to me. And then, and then that's when I will do something in public to be back. Someone said to me at a Colombian restaurant, someone said it was like, we were at the terminal I was leaving my friend. And he said, Mexican food. Cause I said, well, this avocado is so long. I've never seen an avocado this long. And you know, and I said, in my country, we have the ones with the black peel. And he said, well, in your country, in Mexico, they have horrible gastronomy. And I said, what? And everyone's watching. I, I was like, did he say that? in front of everyone, I'm thinking, where did he get that audacity to speak to me that way? So in that moment, if you have, if you if you feel so confident to say something like that to me, then in, in public, I will say something back to you in public. <laughs> so I said to him, where, have you traveled outside of this country? Because I'm in your country and I can tell you what tastes good and what does not taste good. And I can compare and I said in front of everyone, but all you eat is rice. Now, I don't want to say. <laughs> and I said, you don't even know what I, we eat. And I, and, I, and I said that, you know, really, I felt bad. He felt red. And, and then my, my friend Rosemary underneath was like sort of tapping my foot to stop. But I can't believe people have, you know, like if they have that audacity, I don't know how else to explain it, to do something like that. Like, and Andy didn't have any intentions, but I can't believe he interrupted me. And we're in the middle of what's left with four other, like three other people. Like if he interrupted me privately, that'd be different. But I didn't realize, Andy, why would you just, you would just really just interrupt me like that in front of people. So it's like, okay, well, let's do this. If you're going to do this publicly, I'll do this publicly too. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's like the Libra, like, no, this is like, we're supposed to be in harmony here, like having conversation. Andy crosses and then here comes God of War. Like, yeah, you're going to step back, right? Um, I also want to point out that your, your Mars is trining your sun. So that really easy flowing, harmonious energy that we talked about with Andy's chart. You have that same angle. Um, with Mars and your sun, which to me kind of says like, okay, yeah, you might be pulled in all of these directions, right? And you might have this internal sort of tension between your 
your emotional life and your sort of like selfhood. Um, all of that may be true, but at the end of the day, you're going to fight for the ones that you love. You're going to fight for your home, however you interpret that to be your country, your family, your chosen family. Um, so that's a really beautiful placement. And then also, um, another like incredibly harmonious aspect here, your sun and your Jupiter. So Jupiter is again, the planet of expansion, fortune, luck, blessings. Um, now this is not a trine. This is called a sextile. So it's one, six, 360 divided by six, whatever that number of Andy can tell us 60, right? Yeah, six times six is 36. So 60. Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, which supremely harmonious. And sextile, it's, it's, it's flowing, like harmonious energy in the same way that a trine is. But a sextile, I almost like it more because the way that I've heard it described is it's like, it's like a trine, but it requires work. It requires like action. Um, and for that reason, like it's that much more fulfilling right like when you put in the work like whatever that reward is is so much more meaningful than if it's just sort of like if it just happens or it's given to you so thinking about that idea in the context of um your son in cancer home um belonging nurturing caring for those you love um and then jupiter um and jupiter basically just like any anytime jupiter's having a conversation especially a conversation of harmony with any other planet, it, it, it has like a magnifying effect. I mean, literally, right? Like Jupiter's fucking huge, <laughs> huge planet, right? So it's like whatever the vibe is, it blows it up, um, usually in a positive way, right? Because it's, it's blessings, it's expansion. So your Jupiter's in Gemini, air sign Gemini, um, which makes sense to me because you're always, it's all, you know, Gemini's all about like ideas and, exchange and communication and um connection and it's like you don't know all these languages and um that again the idea that we talked about with your venus of like seeing yourself in another person and enabling that to drive like your connection to them and how you communicate with them um so there's also like i know we kind of started off talking about a lot of like tension in your chart but like wow like there's some real some really harmonious angles too so mm -hmm. just wanted to bring that up all right and um can i ask a question again yeah yeah go ahead um so one and you've seen this jessica this one aspect um of my relationship with eduardo that's kind of come up is <laughs> like my approach to editing and his approach to editing you know like eduardo has this part i might have said he, he's being private but it's also very deliberate and very kind of careful <laughs> And, and very um, attention to detail. Like, do you see in this a way of explaining why Eduardo was like, no, we got to cut that, gonna cut the, you know, like, and I'm like, ah, you know, like keep it all, put it on there, it'd be fine. We'll work it out after people troll us or whatever. And do you see something here that explains Eduardo's approach or at least speaks to that approach? I mean, I'm always hesitant to be like, I mean, you can find, you can find it if you want it, but I guess, I mean, the moon is what I would come back to with that of like Libra being kind of a, kind of an indecisive, 
like in its lower vibration. Libra's higher vibration, it's balanced, it's bringing harmony, right? It's like meeting halfway in a really beautiful, productive way. Lower vibration is like, I can't make a decision. <laughs> like, do I want to share this? Do I not want to share this? Should we cut this bit or should we not? I'm not sure about that title. Um, and it's, but it's the moon, right? So it's like your emotions. It's like your, I mean, the moon can be like deeply private, right? Like that's your internal life. That's not like your, how people perceive you, like your self-expression or whatever, right? Um, it's, it's like the depth of, of feeling, right? And so there's so much more risk there in terms of feeling like if something doesn't go well, or somebody says something, like there's so much more risk of being hurt than with really any other planet, right? Um, so that's kind of where I would go with that. Um, Andy's chart seemed to have more blue and more connected, or more of a shape. And mine seems to be this opening. This is a very thin line here that's not connected. Yeah. Eduardo wants more blue. <laughs> um, no, what, what is this? Sense, in some sense, you're right. So what they're doing is they're, they are making, the software makes, um, and I'm sure I could probably change the colors or turn it off, but it makes like, quote unquote, like more traditionally harmonious aspects blue and then more tension in red. That said, like you're kind of probably getting a little bit of a skewed vision of it because um, for one, like not every line, you can see like the thicker lines on here are the more precise aspects. So that's kind of what I've been, some of the ones that I've been highlighting have been the thicker lines. Um, you know, these thinner ones, they're like not quite like at the precise degree, but they might be kind of close, like close enough that we'll call it a square. Um, we also like, there's, there's a difference between, you know, talking about like major planets, like your sun and your moon or your Mars or whatever it may be. And even the outer planets too. But on here, you have to remember too, and maybe for this, I in retrospect should have taken like the, the um, asteroids off of here. Um, you know, I, I have my settings set in such a way that like I have the planets I want. I mean, I have all the major planets and then I have like a couple asteroids that I, I personally like to pay attention to. Um, we, we didn't talk about the nodes. These are nodes of the moon. Um, so some of these lines are connecting to things like that we haven't covered, like the nodes, like the midheaven. I think a lot of Andy's lines, um, like he had some squares with his midheaven, which we didn't really talk about. Um, so it's a little bit of a skewed vision, but yeah, I mean, it, and he does have, like he has the, this big ass, like very dominant water trine, um, which really is like a big thing in his chart if you're looking at what we call aspects of, again like the angles um but i just yeah i mean the the red and the blue it's a little like you know black and white like chess and again like i just want to reiterate like these red squares like that doesn't mean bad right um and in some ways like i've heard a lot of astrologers say like yeah if you look at some of the most successful or like well-regarded people throughout history, many of them have like a lot of squares and a lot of like tension, quote unquote, in their chart. And it's like, yeah, you, you, you might have to overcome like some of these 
you know, uh, like thematic struggles um, that are happening. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's more for all of us than what we can cover in, you know, the space of a couple hours. But, um, but you're not, you're not totally wrong. Yeah. I mean, Andy's got a big, he's got a big water drive in the middle of his chart. Got a lot of water, Andy. That means he's got a lot of. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that, <laughs> but it, I mean, this is very interesting. I just, and it, it's really pleasing to look at. Yeah, it's fun. And we like, obviously we won't talk about Kenny because he's not here to defend I, himself. <laughs> yeah, I but know. I really I, loved, I really uh, loved looking at Kenny's chart and, and his moon was in Cancer, which was so cool because it was just like across the board, all three of you have these like really major Cancer um, placements. Um, and the moon is the moon rules cancer cancer rules the moon um so that was kind of a cool placement and then just to look at all three of yours together like all three of three of you like obviously like just anybody who's watched this show knows that like all three of you have this depth of of emotion and intuition and care for people in the world and your leaders and protectors and you can you can see that like in your in your charts it's cool i, I think we'll ask kenny if he wants to do one just we'll do him solo and we'll all maybe because there's more to obviously get in in terms of astrology i have more questions i would want to ask they're almost astro astronomical questions like about astronomy and i don't know i but feel like you with your scientific knowledge could probably help me because i i actually really struggle with I always did like in school, like I was really good at like, like pre-calc and even the trigonometry, like the angles kind of make sense to me, but the physics and like just imagining things that I can't see with my naked eye. Um, I mean, astrology has helped me a lot to improve that, but it it's not something that comes easily to me is like the actual like physics of it. Um, uh, I, the only thing I would say is that I think, cosmology and astronomy are in, are in crisis right now i mean in the western in western um science so its ability to i think there's some terms that could be used that are still in play but i think there's a lot that is thrown up in being thrown up in the air that actually is right now being suppressed to kind of hold on to a, a certain things like big bang theory dark matter dark energy these things that are being these terms that are being held on to um, and people who are actually challenging some of those are, are, are being held down right now. Um, and so I, I, I don't actually know how much cosmology has to offer, except I can speak to some things that both sides, the people who I think are actually trying to get at a deeper understanding will say that, well, there's, there are some things that are in common, gravity, electromagnetism, things like that, um, that are still in, that everyone would still speak of as in play, but. Uh, I think that our normal conception of the universe and that that gravity itself is the thing that really binds everything and makes every sense of everything. I think that's a, that's a deep that's in there's a people who question that deeply, and I, I actually think the people who are questioning that are on to something more about what's really how how within the terms of Western science we would describe the universe. So I think I think Big Bang has to go. I don't, that's not the discussion we're having today, but that's the implications of it. 
Yeah, I, I think you did an episode before it on Big Bang, but I feel like we should do a revamp. With yeah, the, yeah. And stuff too. But it was, uh, I don't know, man. I think this is it. You are right to say that somebody's eyes can be, to say it's a little bit uh, transformative to um, to see. It's not just to see your chart, but to see you use the chart, I think, and to, and the the both the precision, but the flexibility with which you approach it. I mean, you must be, have done, I, I know you only spoke of trying, you haven't been doing this for that long, but you've, maybe you just have a, you're attuned to it. I don't know. Maybe your chart tells you you should be reading charts. Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. it seems. Yeah, I, play it. I, I think it's so much fun. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's challenging and it's always like, it always feels very risky. Like, obviously there's like, yeah, you could be totally wrong. Like, and that's part of the risk, but there's also, I think a risk in just in terms of like how you, how, what you say and how you interpret things could affect someone. So yeah, it's, it's hard and it's risky, but it's, I feel like it's so rewarding and I always enjoy it. And I'm always, yeah, everyone, my boyfriend, he, it's finally made me make a like a website for birth readings but like i just i t- i give it away i'm like oh you want me to read your birthday sure but um but yeah. so that so people if they wanted to get a reading they could go to that website like again it's a kind of like eduardo's episode well, this can be an advertisement for you giving chart readings yeah that's not my main intention with this episode yeah but no, i understand yeah, I, I actually do yeah it's very bare bones but it's um double leo astrology.com all right well the people have access to that i also think don't you have to like it's sort of like who you get tattooed by i remember somebody who got a lot of tattoos and they, they had to really get to know the different tattoos. it wasn't about what how just how good a tattoo artist you had to kind of like that you had to feel like their vibe in order to be yeah. tattooed by them I yeah and i always encourage people like you should get readings from multiple different astrologers to kind of figure out like who you vibe with and like what you like different approaches are like not just having like one one thing that you look at or like one if you're looking at horoscopes like one astrologer's horoscopes like yeah you might have your favorites but like try different things um but yeah like I have like my my astrologer who like I love to do readings every so often with and yeah you just figure out like if you vibe with the person and it brings something valuable to your life then great well, if a bunch of people contacted you and wanted to get, I think that would be a great thing. But I know this is not why. I'm just saying, y'all should get your chart read by Jessica. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. Well, that was cool, I'll have to say. And I, I kind of would like to have Kenny do his own if he wants to do one. And then we can just kind of reappear. Like, I'm just curious what would come up. And then we would just kind of go more in deep, more deeply into the questions about astrology. Like, I could definitely have an, I would love to talk about this some more. Yeah. Well, and I know Kenny's, I think he said he had had an astrology birth chart reading before. Mm. So it'd be cool to hear, like, since I'm, for what you guys, is about the first time, but it'd be cool to hear. How yeah, I've never done this before. Yeah. Um, how do people, well, how do people do this before the software? With way more work. Yeah, we've gotten really lazy. It's like people doing math without a okay. calculator. Um, but I mean, it is, it's just in terms of like class analysis. Um, I'll just say really briefly, like, it's interesting to look at the history because 
back in the day, right? Like not everybody had access to their birth chart. Like this was something that, you know, was done for Kings and it was often done like through um, like religious leaders uh, in the community, right? Cause they were sort of trusted to interpret the divine. Um, and it was something, you know, that uh, only the, basically the ruling class, right? Like could, could have done is like have all of this laid out for them and the calculations. And I mean, even something like a um, birth certificate, right? <laughs> like if you're just born in a slum somewhere, you might not even have that at a lot of points in history. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I love like, we're supposed to be like beginning to enter like the age of Aquarius or whatever. Right. And part of that is sort of um, like democratization of knowledge. Um, yeah. That's one, one aspect of it. Yeah. And I love it. Like, yeah, like everybody should get to, even if you don't have your birth chart, like, or your birth time, um, you can still, you can still get a reading, like you can still, there's rectification methods and stuff. So everybody should get to do it if they want to. Do you have any good links or something that you would like for us to, if you wanted to learn more about, can you share with that or books or something that you could share with us? Oh God, I have shelves of books. Well, yeah. a few that you think. <laughs> um, I'll just say like, if, so if you go to that website, it's doubletheoastrology.com. Um, it has my email on there. And if you have like a specific question or you like, you want to know more about um, astrology and the body or whatever, then I could give recommendations there. Like, so just reach out to me if you have questions, but I don't have like a astrology Bible or anything that I want to recommend across the board. And, and Eduardo, how did you feel about the reading? For you. I I liked it. I, I think for me, it's um, I have more questions about like the specifics of uh, planets and everything. I know Jess did a very great job summarizing. Uh, it would I would I'd like to <clears throat> remember it a little bit more, uh, so I could see. Uh, I also had questions about. There's a lot of talk about com com combat com not combat conjunction. <laughs> Compatibility. Oh, compatibility. Yeah. How did you say? How did you say? Come compatibility. Come, come back. It sounds like come back. Compatibility. 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 Or that. So when you when people talk about relationships, they talk about how um, connect or that word that you said connected they are to compatibility. Why am I having a hard time? That, that, the com, the the, com, the I'll say compliment. They compliment yeah. each other. No, they, they, they um, is that something that, because I hear people say, oh, it doesn't, cancer doesn't go with this one or Libra doesn't go with that one. Is that true or is that, we didn't get into it, but just if you can just say quickly, if that's something that's more pop astrology. I think it's, it's, it's like with the other stuff, like there's very redundant or very reductive um and probably redundant too uh <laughs> approaches you know where yeah it's like oh leo can't be with scorpio that'll never work no of course not you can do whatever sign but i think it is interesting like i've definitely looked at charts in terms of that question of especially you know like romantic partnerships and stuff but really anything uh, any type of partnership there's techniques in terms of looking at um your charts like um, putting them on. And I really like this software that I got is like still kind of new to me. It was kind of like a something I wanted for a long time and finally um, purchased. And it's really cool because you can have multiple charts. Like I could put your chart like 
on top of Andes and kind of look at like um, where the planets are in relation to each other. Um, another just like basic thing that might be helpful for people if they're wondering about compatibility is the elements. So fire, water, earth, um, fire, water, earth, and air. Um, so it's not that any of those are just not compatible, like won't work. But if you just think about it on a, like a literal level, right? Like too much water will put out a fire, right? Um, you need air to get a fire started, but too much air on a fire, you're going to have a uh, raging wildfire on your hands, right? So I think the elements can be a helpful starting place in terms of just thinking about the relationship of like certain signs to other signs or planets. Um, but of course you can be with whoever you want. If you want to make it work, you have all the energies available. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything else to add. Does anyone else have anything to add? Hey, Jessica, how was this? Like, what did you think? How was this for you in terms of, this is a lot of work. It was fun. I like doing it. I'm glad you guys didn't hate it. Heck <laughs> no, that, that was cool. Yeah. It's given, it's it again opened up. It's just, I feel like another window has been opened up. Like, I don't look into that. And it's just, yeah. it's def- definitely, um, you know. Well, and I appreciate you guys being willing to like have the birth chart readings be public, public. because I feel like we could have had a conversation about like astrology and spirituality and stuff, but I just feel like without actually doing looking at the chart or something maybe it doesn't have to be a natal reading but in this case that's what it was because that's mostly what i do um it just i don't know it's a different way in you were totally right about needing to center it around that so yeah well thank you jess for sharing with us i really wanted to know your birth chart but i know we didn't have time but i would have really liked for us to look into your first chart as well maybe we'll do kenny's and jessica's at the same time yeah the same episode huh? we're we're both rising leo's me and kenny so <laughs> that would be a good compare and contrast kind of thing yeah, yeah. My, um i'm calling my little astrology business i don't know if i can call it a business yet um it's called double leo astrology because i'm a double leo because i have the leo sun and my ascendant is in leo so everybody already, everybody knows i'm a leo like people always guess that i'm a leo probably because my hair but because it looks like a lion's hair yeah that's like <laughs> physical like ascendant it's like oh red hair like mane i see yeah that's true and kenny kind of looks like I feel like he looks like King of the Forest. Like, yeah. kind of gives out that, like, you know, <laughs> vibe, like externally. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't I know how, how he feels inside. <laughs> no, I, I could see that. Fatty lion, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, What's Left is a weekly political podcast slash show challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes. <clears throat> where we found this episode or on our blog at what-s-left-webnote.com. Um, you can find that on our episode notes. Uh, and you can find episodes uh, to this podcast as channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you've heard here, please subscribe, rate, view, turn, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, iTunes podcast, the Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find our blog um, uh, and any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode. I remind 
you can always find anything in the episode notes. Andy, thank you for doing that. <laughs> if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us to our blog. I'm Eduardo Larco, my co-host Jessica um, and Andy Lipson. Uh, you can find our social media handles at Don Eduardo Barca, that's Instagram, or at ZDKE, uh, Kenny's Instagram, and you can find uh, um, Jessica's Twitter handle at jhomie89. Uh, thank you. And Jessica, we wish you a very happy birthday. Yes. Yesterday was her birthday. Thank you very much for being a part of What's Left Team. We very much enjoy you having you here and being yeah. that different voice. And so, happy full um, moon, everybody. It'll be over time <laughs> it goes up, but it's an Aquarius full moon tonight. But, oh, I don't, I didn't know that. But yes, thank you for sharing with us about that. What does that mean, Jessica, quickly? What does that mean, full moon? Do changes happen or what, what happens normally? Lots of emotions. Um, yeah, lots of emotions. Aquarius, Aquarius is like, beat of your own drum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's a big full, big full moon, like very important um, astrologically. But yeah. Anytime there's something like that where there's a full moon or something that you need to tell us about, that, please mention it from now on. I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much from what's left, and we'll see you all next time. Ciao.